I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It has begun. The Democratic Party is now officially the PR arm of Hamas terrorists as well as Iran. Democratic Senator Dick Durbin now coming out as a lead Democrat in the Senate saying it is time for a ceasefire in Gaza, saying, quote, we need a resolution in the Middle East that gives some promise for the future. This just weeks after the 9-11 style attack on Israel at the hands of Hamas that was paid for, funded and trained by Iran. So why are the Democrats abandoning Israel? Because apparently they hate the Jews. Take a listen to Senator Dick Durbin calling for a ceasefire as Israel is trying to get rid of the terrorist organization that murdered, raped, beheaded and stabbed to death and cooked in ovens infant children. Joining us now is the Senate's number two Democrat, Dick Durbin, also chairs the Judiciary Committee. Senator, thanks very much for being with me. And I I wonder if you agree with Attorney General Ellison that more uh, forceful public language on civilian casualties from President Biden would be helpful. Well, let me say at the outset that what happened on October 7th, the Hamas terrorism against Israel was outrageous and barbaric. No question about it, 1,400 people who lost their lives in the process. Israel has the right to defend itself, and it has the right to stop this terrorist activity by Hamas. Now let's get down to the reality of this confrontation. We know that hundreds, thousands, if you will, have been killed, innocent people in the process. It is time for a humanitarian pause. It is time for us to count to the injured and bring them forward uh, for floating hospitals and other sources that can help them. I think this is the moment we should seize. I think a lot of people listening to people in power, President, you, Secretary Blinken, calling for a humanitarian pause, are asking themselves, why is that different from a ceasefire? Two years ago, 2021, during an escalation of violence between Israel and Gaza, you called for a ceasefire and you said you, quote, couldn't disagree more with Netanyahu's policies, quote, when it came to the treatment of Palestinians. Is a ceasefire needed now? I think it is, at least uh, under uh, in the context of both sides agreeing. For example, the release of those who have been kidnapped should be part of this immediate release. Uh, that should be the beginning of it. Uh, an effort should be made to engage in conversation between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Let's face it, this has gone on for decades. Uh, whatever the rationale from the beginning, it has now reached an intolerable level. Uh, we need to have a resolution in the Middle East that gives some promise for the future. Have you told the president, the White House, you think it's time for a ceasefire? Because that is a word that the president is uh, intentionally not using. 
Well, I, believe me, what I said earlier about ceasefires under circumstances, for example, the release of those who have been kidnapped as part of it, uh, indication that this is a, a good faith effort on the part of the other side. Uh, but uh, no, I've not communicated with the White House on that. Good faith effort. Did you hear the Senator Durbin say good faith effort? What world is he living in? Does he actually believe for a moment that Hamas, who is willing to bake to death babies in stoves in in Jewish people's homes, babies with knives stuck in them where they were bleeding out to death, babies whose heads were severed, infant children whose heads were severed, women that were purposely raped to the point of death, are going to somehow agree to give up hostages in a, quote, humanitarian ceasefire. What world are you living in where you think this is is a thing? Now, this all happening is there's an open hatred of Jews that is surging globally, inflamed by this type of rhetoric, implying that somehow Israel is doing something wrong right now. Obviously, Israel is not doing anything wrong. They're doing exactly what any country should do after they are attacked by barbaric individuals and terrorist organizations. Now, it's not just Durbin, John Fetterman has come out that senator from Pennsylvania. He had this to say about Israel. I am really about making sure that Israel is able to do what Israel deserves to do. We don't really know what that means. I'm really about Israel doing what Israel deserves to do. So that is what you have from Democrats, I guess, that are trying to be like pro-Israel. MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell, Israel is launching disproportionate attacks now, they say, on the people. This is more of that propaganda saying this. Nick, the phrase that used, that, that's used to frame these events in the 20th century was proportionate response, whether it be the United States of America, whether it be Israel responding to some kind of attack. The response was supposed to be, in theory, proportionate, quote-unquote, The 21st century Israeli government seems to have deliberately and publicly abandoned the notion of proportionate response into, in effect, disproportionate, saying we will hit you even harder than you've ever expected. This seems like it is deliberate framing it this way, that that's what they want. This is how MSNBC is now covering this. You have MSNBC who's out there, NBC, saying, that it's unfair the way that Israel is responding to ridding the world of a terrorist organization that butchered innocent children, grabbed women, and raped them to death, or raped them and then killed them. This is now what you're, what's, what's happening. Now, in a moment, I'm also going to be joined by Senator Marsha Blackburn, who's going to talk about what's going on in the Senate with this. But what we are seeing in this country right now is we are seeing not only a rise of anti-Semitism, but we are also seeing new warnings. The former acting Customs and Border Patrol commissioner has come out with a start warning the day after the FBI has said that they are very concerned about a terrorist attack. And the former acting CBP commissioner says that this Israeli-type attack that we just witnessed could, quote, absolutely happen in the United States of America. Mark Morgan told Senator Blackburn 
the terrorist attack that happened in Israel on October the 7th could absolutely happen in the United States due to the unsecured southern border, according to his words about the condition that we're in in this country. Quote, the answer is absolutely. And this is what I keep saying. Morgan said to Congress or Senator Blackburn, you don't have to be a border security expert to understand that we have a national security crisis happening in our southern border. It's just common sense. What happened in Israel should be a wake-up call for two very important reasons. One, this is again the former head of Customs and Border Patrol. It shows us that global terrorism is alive and well. Islamic extremists that carried out these atrocities in Israel, they want to do harm to our homeland. That commitment has not changed. It is unwavering. And addition to that, it shows a colossal intelligence failure. He went on to say, we know that that May of this year, the director of the FBI during congressional testimony said he's concerned about the southwest border as a national security threat. He told Congress that Hezbollah is absolutely still committed to long-term contingency planning to do harm to the United States. The Department of Homeland Security, just a couple of days before the October attack in Israel, released an internal report that said they are concerned that terrorist organizations are going to exploit our southern border. And just a couple days ago, the Customs and Border Patrol in San Diego put out a similar intelligence bulletin that they're concerned that terrorists inspired by what happened in Israel right now are going to exploit our southern border to do harm to our United States. And yet, this Biden administration, they're not even acknowledging that there is a correlation and that risk is massive at our open southern border. I also want you to hear from Bassam Youssef who sat down with Piers Morgan, and I want you to hear what he had to say about what's going on with Israel and the Palestinians. Listen. Uh, Now, other people said, well, okay, if you feel that strongly, why aren't you taking in uh, any Palestinians? Why is Egypt not taking Ah, Palestinians? Why does the Arab world want to constantly attack Israel without actually offering any place to go for the Palestinians. And what do you say to that? That is exactly what Israel wants. And that is exactly what might actually starts Third World Three. This is the war solution. These are Palestinians. These are their lands. Mm. And then suddenly take them. Why? So they've been basically kicked around from their homes. And now another country should take them? You see what would happen? Imagine this. Mm. Now. And because Israeli officials have been talking openly about this. It's like, why don't they just go in Sinai? Why they go? You know what would happen? Those people are going to be pushed in Sinai. And with any population, two million people, they are living in refugee camp. What do you think will happen? Unrest. Mm. Uh, uh, chaos. Mm. And then after a few years, the Western media will come with their cameras like, oh, look at those Arabs. Oh, they're killing each other. Oh, Israel is good that they got rid of them. And then they will go to the West Bank. And so they know 3.5 million people push into Jordan. This, the whole idea, why does Jordan take them? Why does Egypt take them? The same question. Europe has 44 countries. Why don't they take Israel? Mm. America has 50 states. Why don't they give them Florida? I mean, they, we seem to complain about Florida the whole time. Why don't they just like give uh, Israel? The whole idea was like, oh, you're Arabs, you're all the same. No, no, no. Because what would happen then? So Israel will move into Jordan? It's like, oh, Saudi, why don't you take the Jordanian? 
So let me, this is not, I a, hear, solution. I hear, this is I not hear, a solution. Basil, I, I hear you. I'm not taking your position yeah. out of the way. Let me ask you directly. But I want to say something about what Queen Radia said. Okay. The whole idea about like the West. Yeah. I think. Listen very carefully to what Yusuf is about to say about Israel and this war in the West. He's blaming the West for all this, right? Nothing will make one feel happier after killing a bunch of Palestinian kids in a happy meal. Listen, he's going to say that. Think that in three weeks, Israel morally corrupted the West like no other. I think the West will have a lot of time to recover because for years, the West has been telling us, oh, look, we're liberal. We're all about human rights. All are equal. Adopt our values. And then suddenly, well, you, you don't want to even to cease. We don't want to even tell Israel to stop. And suddenly we wake up and we found McDonald's are giving free meals to the Israeli because like nothing will make you feel better after killing a bunch of okay. Palestinian okay. kids than a happy meal. This is the propaganda that the left is putting out there. Nothing will make you feel happy after killing a bunch of Palestinian kids in a happy meal. Israel morally corrupted the West like no other. The media is playing into this. These are the terrorists who are literally sitting there telling you that somehow they have become the victims instantly. Now, to combat that, Israel has now put out Hamas footage. They put out one hour, 11 minutes and 34 seconds of the Hamas footage of October 7th terror attacks and the IDF audio recordings have come out with this. This, by the way, is one of the smartest decisions that was ever made by Israel to do this. If and, and, and I made it through about 13 minutes. I finally had to turn it off because it was so horrific how they were killing children, how they were killing kids. This also comes as what we're witnessing on this in this country. University of Pennsylvania students refer to Hamas terrorists as freedom fighters. And the University of Pennsylvania students called the October the 7th attacks, quote, glorious, joyful, and powerful. These are students at U of Penn. Listen carefully. A friend uh, from back home recently reminded me of something which I would like to share with all of you. Do you guys remember the photo of the kids and men laughing and smiling as they sat on top of the Israeli military jeep captured by our freedom fighters? Yes! Do you remember that picture? Yes! How about the photos of the bulldozer breaking through the deadly border? Do you remember that picture? Yes! And the several other joyful and powerful images which came from the glorious October 7th? Yes! I want you to picture those in your mind. I want you all to remember how you felt when you saw those images and heard the news. I remember feeling so empowered and happy, so confident that victory was near and so tangible. I want all of you to hold that feeling in your hearts. Never let go of it. Channel it through every action you take. Bring it to the streets. Yes! Go down to the streets every day and don't ever let them feel that you quietly accept this genocide.
This is the University of Pennsylvania students referring to the Hamas butchers as freedom fighters, calling October the 7th attack a glorious, joyful, and powerful day, calling for the extermination from land to sea, from sea to sea, all the Jews will be gone from the face of this earth. All the Jews will be gone. That is what is happening right now on our college campuses, which brings me back to what I said a moment ago. The amount of open hatred of Jews surging globally is not only disgusting, but there's also the fact that while this is surging, it's happening on our college campuses. It's happening in Central Park. It's happening in Times Square. It's happening at at University of Penn. It's happening in Australia in front of the famous opera house where they're chanting, gas the Jews. It's happening at airports in Russia where they heard there was a flight coming in from Tel Aviv. It's happening all over the world and in America at levels we've never seen before. The Hamas terrorist attack is igniting this open hatred that you can see everywhere. Whether it's Germany, where segments of the Jewish population in Berlin are now being forced to consider a question many once thought unthinkable. Is it time to leave Germany? In recent days there, assailants have hurled two different explosions at a synagogue in central Berlin. And the Star of David was found put on the facade of several buildings where Jews live in Berlin, just like they did back in World War II. German citizens have been confirmed as being victims now of the horrific Hamas attacks. And yet, while that's happening, this is what they're allowing to happen there. In France, the Star of David was also spray-painted on homes in Paris on Tuesday night. And what political leaders called a chilling reminder of what happened in the 1930s. 60 Star of Davids were left stenciled on walls in, in and around areas around the French capital where a massive rise, they say, in anti-Semitic instances happened. And what did the government say there? Hey, if you're Jewish, watch your back. That's it. And we have the Democratic Party now that's calling for a ceasefire, a humanitarian ceasefire, wanting Israel to stop killing the terrorists who did these barbaric acts. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say the only one, I mean it. They're the only one. They make a huge difference every time that you pay your bill because they actually give back to conservative causes and organizations to help you stand up for what you believe in while you're paying a bill you're going to have anyways. This is the part that I love about Patriot Mobile. They're making a difference every time you pay your bill, every time you make a phone call, every time that you send a text message. Patriot Mobile actually gives money back to protect First and Second Amendment rights, to protect the lives of unborn children. And that's what they're doing right now as they celebrate their 10th anniversary. If you switch right now to Patriot Mobile, they are going to give a donation to help protect life and to help mothers choose life. 
to an organization that does everything they can to protect the lives of unborn children. Then every month when you pay your bill, they're going to continue to support the causes that I just mentioned. And this is exactly why you need to make the switch. If you're tired of woke companies, switch your cell phone to Patriot Mobile. Whether you are a business, a small business, or just a family, you can switch and they make switching easy. They have a 100% U.S.-based call center, making switching extremely easy. You're going to get nationwide coverage, unlimited talk and text, and usually save real money on your bill. 972-PATRIOT. It's 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Or go online to patriotmobile.com slash Ben. That's patriotmobile.com slash Ben or 972-PATRIOT. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I want to bring in now U.S. Senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. Senator, nice to chat with you. It was good to see you the other day in the halls of Congress uh, as well. And Hamas is holding, we've been told, at least 500 Americans hostage in Gaza. That has not been what we've been getting in transparency from this administration. Uh, and it doesn't seem like this administration wants to talk about those numbers at all. Can you tell us more about how we got to that number and what may or may not be being done right now by this administration to try to get those American hostages freed? And we're quite frustrated with the um, with the administration not coming forward about this. And then I think that Sunday when Jake Sullivan was on Face the Nation and he said, you know, we've got about 500 American citizens. They're people that are aid workers and people that were there visiting family and friends. And they're uh, stuck in Gaza. We're trying to work with Hamas. Hamas has some demands. Uh, it's a challenging situation. Uh, Egypt's ready to receive them. Israel is saying, let's get them out. But they didn't want to call them hostages. Uh, they are skirting around using that term. So we looked up the definition of what our government considers to, to be a hostage, and it's people that are being held against their will, people that are not allowed to leave a country, 
and a government organization or individual is making demands of the United States. So why they are tiptoeing around this and not saying to Hamas, do not touch any of these American citizens and get them out today. I, I don't know why they are not doing that because that's what you would expect them to do. These are citizens that were there providing aid. They were visiting family. Uh, so let's get them moved out of the country as quickly as we can. And um, it, it, the fact that they will not say the word hostage is indeed quite baffling because not only did you have Jake Sullivan say that, but you've also had the National Security Council spokesman John Kirby say it, that Hamas is making demands. And by the way, for your listeners, Hamas is in control of the government in Gaza. And Hamas is recognized as a terrorist organization by the United States of America and our allies. And we need to realize this. It's shocking to me that this administration hasn't been more forceful, at least publicly. And and look, I always try to give a benefit of a doubt when we're dealing with hostages that, hey, maybe there's some sort of, 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 of conversations happening behind the scenes. They're not trying to turn this into a PR, you know, catastrophe or, or and they're trying to get them out. But based on the last three years of this administration, that doesn't they don't seem to be very good at this when when you trade iranians for example for americans and then you send more than a billion dollars per person you're trading for which is something i thought we didn't do which was negotiate with terrorists and then we find out that those same iranians while they're doing that deal are are not only funding but also helping plan and train the terrorists are about to take out this horrific attack against the israelis I don't have a lot of confidence, and if I was a American citizen with a family member that's being held hostage, one of these 500, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in the competency of this administration and or the transparency even to the families. Are you hearing from families, are, are, and, and what, are, what are other senators hearing from other families that you've heard about maybe from different states? And I, I have, uh, our office has helped nearly a hundred people get out of Israel. And I've met with some of the families that have Israeli Jewish family members that are being held hostage, uh, were taken from Israel into Gaza. I have not heard from, um, Palestinian Americans who have someone that is being held there in Gaza. But we have all the information on our website. If there is someone who needs our assistance on any of these, but the, the important thing to realize and what you were just talking about then is with Iran, Iran is the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism. Much of that money we put over to them in the Iran nuclear deal in 2015, they have used to do two things. Uh, they have used it to enrich uranium because they want to get it just below that level so that they could, in a few months, make a nuclear warhead. And the second is they uh, put that money into terrorism. 
They fund Hamas to the tune of about $100 million a year. Plus, as you pointed out, they do training, supplies, equipment. And they do weapons. They do armaments. So they are heavily invested in these terrorist organizations. You've got Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, ISIS Syria, ISIS Iraq, uh, the Revolutionary Guard. Iran is funding all of that. Now, this is why I've led the effort to freeze that $6 billion ransom payment that we made. And, of course, with the pressure, bipartisan pressure from the Senate to freeze that payment, now you have the White House saying, oh, we've got quiet agreement that we're freezing that money. That money hasn't been touched. And we're saying, no, we want this to be formalized. Iran does not get the money. And then we also are calling for the sanctions that Donald Trump placed on Iran for their oil sales. And he had driven down their oil market revenue from about $30 billion, little over $30 billion a year, down to about $10 billion a year. Now, under Joe Biden, who has relaxed those sanctions, they're making a billion bucks a week, a billion a week, selling oil. Primary customers, Russia, China, North Korea. Explain relaxing sanctions, because this has been, I think, a huge um, underreported story in this country. And that is, look, we had sanctions because we knew Iran was bad. We knew they were sponsoring terrorism. We knew they were giving safe haven to people from Al Qaeda to ISIS uh, to Hamas, Hezbollah and funding terrorism. You just mentioned but if they're not bringing in a billion dollars a day, they're not funding this type of terrorism at this level. And it seems like they're so emboldened now they believe, A, they own this administration, have them compromise somehow or somebody in China does. They can do whatever they want to. And we're not going to, quote, enforce sanctions that we already have on them, much less put new ones on them. So explain what they could just do immediately if they just enforce the sanctions they currently have. That's right. And, see, this was an administrative choice that Biden made, is, look, Iran, we're going to just look the other way and not enforce the sanctions against you on the oil sales. Sanctioning Iran on their oil sales means they can't take that to the market. And so it minimizes their ability to move up above a certain level of production. Now, Hamas was basically broke when Donald Trump was president, and that was a good thing. They were getting money from because they were stealing it from the UN Relief and Works Agency and other entities that were out there, but Iran didn't have the extra cash to fund all of these terrorist groups, thereby the Middle East was quieter, and you had things functioning differently. And, of course, the Sunnis and the Shias each have some of these terrorist organizations. So when Iran is able to make that $1 billion a week, every week, they do not use that money to feed the poor 
and to provide education for children and to take care of the elderly. It is going in the funding that terrorist activity. Why does Iran do that? Iran has, and the Ayatollahs, and this is the government of Iran, not the Iranian people who desperately want regime change, but the government. They say, destroy America, destroy Israel. They go in the streets and they chant, death to America, death to Israel. And that is the same thing that Hamas chants. That's the same thing that Hezbollah chants. You had one of the Hamas leaders that gave an interview this week and said, until they destroy Israel, they will continue to carry out attacks like they did on October 7th. That is their goal. And I tell you, you know, and yeah, I know being... It, it's shocking, and it, and it brings... Well, let me ask you this real quick, because I know you've got to run, but it's an important one at the border. You mentioned terrorism and these terrorism threats. The FBI director, Ray, came out and said that he is very concerned about a terrorist attack in this country at a whole nother level than he was before the Hamas attack on Israel. This after we know from the Border Patrol and from the Department of Homeland Security that we've had more terrorists on the terrorist watch list come get caught coming across the border this year than the last five years combined. I am terrified that this open southern border with 10,000 coming across some days in a single 24-hour period has been filling terrorists, has been filling this nation with terrorists that we haven't caught. They're in the gotaways. Terrorists, if you're on a terrorist watch list, are not trying to turn themselves into Border Patrol. How concerned are you right now about actual terrorists in this country planning attacks like Christopher Ray City is at a whole nother level. I am very concerned. We know there are terrorist cells in this country. We know in the month of October alone, you had 30 Iranians, 35 Pakistanis, 100 Russians, and 2,000 Chinese present at that southern border and ask for asylum. We have thousands of people from what we call countries of interest. And what we know is, and we've got a briefing on this, Lindsey Graham and I've called for it. When you pick up these terrorists at the southern border, what are you doing with them? We don't want them in a jail in Tennessee. We don't want them in jails in Texas. They ought to be sent to Gitmo. So what are they doing with these people? If you send them back to their country, they're just going to come back again. And as you mentioned, they might end up in either those known or unknown gotaways. This is a danger to our country. These terrorist cells will activate. They will carry out something. I am very, very, very concerned. Senator, always a pleasure to chat with you. We'll have you back here again real soon. Thanks for keeping us updated on this. Thank you so much. Make sure you share this podcast wherever you are on social media. Write us a five-star review, and I'll keep you updated on this story. See you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. 
Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to four, that's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to fourpatriots.com slash Ben. That's the number four, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.